0: Let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 4. We're going to be in four different passages tonight as we go through the Word of God. And the title of the night's message is The Importance of the Word. So let's turn there and let's get going here. Now, you all brought your Bibles, right? Yes. Amen. You did. Sure, you did. You know, um, this message here, the Lord has put upon my heart, kind of like a universal message that, that I've been teaching a few different places, I taught it in Columbia, taught it to the men's ministry for uh, our summer discipleship series, and the problem that I'm seeing that I believe there's an epidemic in the church, and this epidemic that I see sweeping through the church, I'm not talking Calvary Chapel South Bay per se, but through the church is the fact that we're seeing instead of an increase in the body of believers reading the word of God, there's been a decrease in the reading of the word of God. And it's an epidemic. It's a problem. It's, it's, it's tragic. It's trouble. It's problems. And it's sad for me to see, um, in my 31 years of walking with the Lord, to see that uh, even people in leadership, people on staff over there in Columbia, talking with some of the people that were involved in the, the church over there, um, and, and asking about their daily devotion. Like, hey, how, how often do you read the Bible? Well, you know, I'm, maybe a couple, three times a week. How can that be? And I'd venture to say in a room this size, there's probably 20% of you that are here that are reading the Word of God daily. And I've had the privilege of leading the men's ministry now for some 15 years, and the, the title of our men's ministry is Men of the Word. Every man, every day is our goal. To encourage every time we have a new year come through that the leadership of the men's ministry is, is in their group time, and their ministry is that get to every guy to get them to the place where they're reading the word of god every single day now some of you are out there thinking well that's kind of crazy every day i got to be in the word of god yes you do yes you do in this day and age of spiritual warfare if you're not reading god's word daily then how are you going to stand up against the attacks of the devil how are you going to handle the warfare that's already out there and it's really i believe it's my calling i wasn't called to be a senior pastor here to be Uh, pastor c's assistant and jeff's assistant my calling i I believe is to encourage people to get in the word of god because you can you can feed a man a fish you've heard the saying before and you feed him for what but if you teach him how to fish how long do you feed him for for a lifetime and you can come to the bible studies you can come here pastor jeff all the people teach and everything and you receive that's good but you're fed for the day but if we can teach you to get into the word of God yourself and you go out there and you become a man or a woman of the word of God guess what you're going to change the world imagine if every single Christian who was called themselves a true believer if they were in the word of God every single day reading receiving understanding what God is speaking to them personally what would Christianity look like today now this is not to be anything of condemnation please this is exhortation this is encouragement this is my heart for you and honestly i don't know how it happened or how it, it came to be but in my christian walk at the very early uh, years of my walk it was basically instilled upon my heart you, you gotta read the bible every day it wasn't even like a an optional thing it was like not like law like you had to do it or you're gonna you know you you know god wasn't gonna like you or something but no and me personally it's something that if if I'm not in God's word, I tell you what, you take the Bible out of my hand, I give myself two weeks, two weeks before I crash. That's how much I need God's word daily. And I, I spoke at a, a recent men's retreat here about the fact that the biggest reason we need the word of God daily is the fact that the devil has a determined plan for your life. You know what that plan is? Three, three points, steal, kill, and destroy And there's an interesting story in the book of Joshua, chapter 17, verse 12, where um, the Lord, through Moses and Joshua, told the, the people of Israel that they were to drive out the Canaanites, drive out all the wicked people of the land, because those wicked people would turn their hearts, become a thorn in their flesh, and turn them away from God. So he specifically said, get the Canaanites out of there. But you know what that scripture says? It says that the Canaanites were determined to stay. It's just a picture of the enemy. The problem is, the Canaanites were more determined to stay than the children of Israel were to drive them out, and they couldn't drive them out. Just kind of give, ah, they're not going to affect us. It's not going to be that bad. That's the work of the devil. Is he more determined than you to stay in your life, to afflict you, to cause temptation, to cause you to stumble, to fall? And, of course, that's, that's spiritual warfare, Christianity 100, really. But you have to be more determined than him to kick them out our plan has to be that we are equipped for the battle and the only way that i know that happens is to be in the word of god so the message tonight's simple the importance of the word of god nothing going to be super deep nothing going to be new revelation it's just an encouragement that every single person in this room my heart my goal would be you walk out the door and you say you know what i'm done playing i'm done just kind of flirting with the word of god i'm going to be reading god's word every single day how many of you guys are here this morning well, those of you who weren't here, you missed a morning. What a morning it was. We had Ben Corson here and Madeline Carroll. And in talking with Madeline Carroll, now, you should have seen, you, those of you who were here, she walked out. Did you see that honking Bible she was carrying? This Bible weighed more than her. And I was talking to her. I asked her, so how often do you read the Bible? I was kind of prepping for tonight, you know. She goes, you know what? I try to read it every single day. Now, Madeline Carroll, she's the, the actress that was in... Um, I can only imagine, if you hear her testimony, it's amazing testimony of where the, the industry that she's in, she's a, a TV and movie star, actress and such, that the industry, of course, Hollywood, was, was basically, the enemy was trying to get her to compromise. And there was a period of time in there where you know that God was testing her. If you listen to the testimony, it was testing to see would she give up her, her desire to, to actually, to walk in truth and holiness and righteousness according to God's word, or succumb to the pressure of, you know what? Well, you got to do this in the movies now. You got to do this. You got to play these different parts. She wouldn't do it. But you know what her secret was? Her secret was the word of God. Now, you guys heard Ben Corson this morning. You know what his secret is? That guy drinks gallons of water every day. I kid you not. I say that tongue in cheek, but seriously, he's got a, he had a gallon of water in the green room there. I so, you're skinny as a rail. what are you doing no no have you ever drank a gallon of water in a day you know how good you will feel you'll have as much as energy as you need so anyhow i know his secret is the word of god for us you guys the word has to be the operating system of our lives now i would imagine every single person in this room has a cell phone with them but does every single person in this room have a bible with them Whoa, my bible's on my cell phone you know what madeline she's 23 years old it was cool talking to her she she said she sees the problem with the fact that so many people are using cell phones as their bible i didn't put this in her heart because i'm a pretty vocal spokesperson for this thing you have in your hand called the word of god rather than the the swipe thing whatever on your cell phone but she sees that as a problem because you're you're reading your cell phone the text comes you get distracted you're reading okay you're reading the your bible through your cell phone or a phone call comes or whatever it's just not the same guys But I say that to say that you have a cell phone, but you don't have a Bible. You came to church, you don't have a Bible. You've got to have a Bible. This is God's instruction for us. It's the operating system. The Word of God is here to run our lives. And the example that we're going to look at first off in Luke chapter 4 is Jesus by way of example. How did Jesus defeat the temptation that the devil played on him there in the, the wilderness of temptation? Three times, he said it, we'll read it. It is written. It is written. It is written. His temptation in the wilderness. Interesting that the Spirit of God leads the Son of God into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That one there is kind of interesting. It's like, okay. But how did Jesus overcome this determined plan the devil had for him? Because remember, the devil, he, he didn't know the future. God knew the future, God knew why. He was allowing the temptation. God knew why and the whole plan and everything, but the devil didn't. He thought he had Jesus. He thought he was going to get him before he even went to the cross. But Jesus overcame the enemy, the temptation, because he said, It is written three times. Let's read the passage Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, this is right after his baptism, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when it had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, mocking, of course, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered first time, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but say with me, by every word of God. Now it's interesting, the temptation that the devil threw at Jesus was the same thing that he did in the garden with Eve devil's got no new tricks. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. Lust of the flesh. You're hungry, Jesus. Turn these, turn these rocks into bread. Nope. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Jesus, look. He showed him. All these things can be yours. devil said to him, verse 6, all this authority I will give to you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I, am where I wish. Therefore if you will worship before me with all all will be yours. And here we go again. Second time, verse 8. And Jesus answered and said to him, "Get behind me Satan, for it is written, you shall not you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve." And then, of course, he brought him to Jerusalem, set him high on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, again, mocking, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. Now, here's the crazy thing. What does the devil do with Jesus? He mocks him, for it is written. You're saying it is written, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up unless you dash your foot against the stone. Basically, he's saying, jump off this pinnacle here. You're gonna land, you're gonna live, and everybody's gonna come and worship you. The boastful pride of life. Verse 12, though, when Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Other translations say to a more opportune time. And that's how our enemy works. See, he comes and he tempts you. And maybe you have, you struggle with anger, you struggle with lust or it's pride or whatever, all the different sins that are there that the devil tempts us with. And then you get victory in one area. You think, oh, I got this one. Oh, hallelujah. Well, the devil's wise. He knows he's gonna come back for a more opportune time. And you think maybe you're walking in victory in this area. For me, you know, walking in victory of not drinking for 31 years. Do, I think, do you think I need to be mindful that the devil wants me to fall in that again? absolutely, absolutely, for more opportune time. He hasn't forgotten that. He would love to see me taken down, stumble and fall and go back to that moment. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. And that's why we got to be in the word of God, you guys. So if the Son of God referred to the word, where does that leave us? The Son of God says it is written. It is written. And like I said, in this day of spiritual warfare, every believer is targeted by satan desire to take you out and we must become men and women of the word and i truly believe apart from god's grace it's the only way that we're going to endure to the end that we're going to make it by reading god's word by knowing it by studying it and this idea of this it doesn't mean it's open it means to memorize it means to meditate it means to let god's word become a part of your life and if you heard madeline this morning madeline this morning her her isaiah passage in chapter 43 just stuff that sticks with you for life these passages of scripture and the the thing about it is that there is no excuse for any of us to not have a devotional life daily in the word of god is there i mean think of how much time you spend on social media even you old folks we're hooked on the social media just as much huh How much time do you spend on social media? You think you can't take 20 minutes from that and get into God's Word every single day? Yes, you can. No condemnation here tonight. Encouragement, you guys, to get in the Word of God. And we're going to see the importance. We're going to go through this, and you're going to see it revealed in Scripture why you need to be in the Word. But you veterans here, I'm going to get up and leave. I I know this. I'm already reading the Bible. I'm in it. Well, I have read it, and I've read through the Bible, so I don't really need to read it anymore because i've already read the bible you know what that is thin ice that's that's the opportune moment the devil is looking for in your life to think that that you don't need to read god's word daily even though i've read this passage of scripture before i can skip this one i know it, you know real well you know what? in exodus chapter 16 the the spiritual illustration of daily bread manna every day remember god provided the the uh, manna for the children of israel and told them to collect it daily and what happened when they would carry it over to the next day yes spoiled there's a woman of the word right here the the manna would spoil it's no good not that we don't have god's word and it's good in our hearts We, we hide it there but every single day i need to open up god's word for a fresh feeding of god's word fresh manna and leadership and staff you guys listen up as well I'm hearing on staff that there are people that are on staff that aren't in daily devotions. There was a time when we met as a staff, and we 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 held each other accountable. We were in devotions daily together. We'd meet up. We'd get in groups of four or five. Hey, what did the Lord speak to you this morning? What did He speak to you? What did He speak to you? What did He speak to you? And it was a way of really, I mean, if you came to staff devotions and it was like, ah, you know what? Ah, the car broke down this morning. Okay, we, we can we can buy that. That happens. But you know what? You were on the spot because we all knew when somebody was rehashing old manna from the day before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jesus said this. And it was it was really good what he said. And and, and I was really blessed. And yeah, it was good stuff. Where where were you? Where, what scripture? What passage? It was just they were they were they were caught. They were busted. But this idea of, of being in the word daily. All of us. No skipping parts. And it really comes down to a matter of priority in our lives, right? What's first? Who's first? You know, a a great practice, a great principle should be in your heart is that when you wake up in the morning, the very first thing that you do is get into God's Word. Before you do anything, before you go into work, before you go to work, boom, you get into God's Word. There was a poll in America recently that 27% of the people polled said they didn't read God's word because it's not a priority in my life. I don't need it. I got it all together. I don't need God's counsel. I don't need to know what he's talking about. Terrible. And regarding God's word, three things. We need a constant, consistent, and continual intake of the word. Constant, consistent continue guys constant meditating all the day consistent daily devotion continue the rest of your life as a lifestyle and i do pray that that before you leave tonight that the holy spirit will speak and minister to your heart that this is the time you've been been just flirting with the word of god now don't get me wrong i know there's people in this in here that are you're in the word and you're god is confirming to you tonight the rest of us though we gotta get it together. So, why God's word? Turn with me now to Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. As we start the study here tonight. Number one, first main point: why God's word. Second Timothy 3, 16, 17 Love this passage of scripture. It should be underlined by all you that are have your Bibles. And this is this speaks to the fact that you don't need anything else in your life except that which you hold in your hand to guide, instruct, to teach it says here that all scripture is given by inspiration of god and it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good work end of story it is god's spoken word recorded by man inspired means god breathed and we believe this by faith because you're going to hear people say oh man man wrote this Fallible man, they made mistakes, it's a joke, it's a fairy tale, whatever. No, no, no. We believe by faith that the Holy Spirit inspired every single one of the writers to read to write exactly what God wanted. By faith, the Holy Spirit in charge of what his book, what God's book, what God's word was gonna say. That which you hold in your hand. And you think about it, there's no words written in the history of man that are as important as God's word, you guys. He's the creator. He created everything. This is his word that he put together in a book, praise God for us, that you could have in your hand to read, to get to know who he is, to find out an instruction for your life, how to live, what is good, what is right, what is wrong, what is bad. And Christians should know his word better than anything else they know in this world. And yet we know more about the Dodgers. Where's Dodger Larry out there? (laughs) Love you, you know I'm teasing you. We know more about sports. We know more about politics. I mean, we spend more time in People Magazine than we do in God's word. That's tragic. It's okay to know things about this world and its life, of course, but not if you're knowing more about that than God's word. Three things why God's word. Number one, it's truth. Jesus himself said, John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, you guys. Psalm 119, 160, the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. 100% reliable truth. The only absolute truth. We try to find truth in this world. There's no truth in this world. Everybody lies. Everybody lies, the media lies, politicians lies. People lie, that's just our nature. Truth right here in your hands, solid, 100%. And it's the only absolute truth that's gonna endure forever. Jesus said himself, heaven and earth will what? Pass away, but my words will never pass away. It's truth. Number two, it is salvation. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. There's no other way to get saved except by hearing the gospel, God's word, you guys. It is the power of God unto salvation. It's truth, it's salvation. Number three, it is life. This is I love this the most. Psalm 119.50. This is my comfort in my affliction. Anybody afflicted out there? Anybody going through stuff? Where are you going to get comfort? Right here. For your word has given me life. Man, there's nothing better than going to, to the Lord, go into the Word daily in the morning. You got issues, you got problems, you got trials. Lord, speak to me this morning. And God opening up as you're reading through the Bible. And he just speaks. And you walk out going, oh my gosh, you are so real. You, you knew exactly. You, you gave me the exact word that I needed to hear this morning. It is life. When we read it, it brings hope and encouragement to keep living and to keep pressing on. To keep from getting depressed and not giving up. So why God's word? Truth, salvation, life. Number two, what is it good for? What is God's word good for? We'll continue in the passage. All scripture given by inspiration of God and is profitable. What's it good for? It's profitable, valuable, useful for five things. Number one, for doctrine, for right instruction. It's going to teach me the truth. I'm not going to be deceived by the false teachings. I'm not going to be deceived by the devil. And there's so much false teaching out there, it's crazy. This prosperity doctrine has gone wild. Not just here in America, but all around the world. It's terrible stuff. It's going to, it's going to keep you from being, this, being deceived by the Jehovah Witness works doctrine or the, the Mormons and their, their false teaching about Jesus or the positive confession live your best life now Trash that's out there. No, for doctrine, right instruction, two for reproof. It's going to show me my sin. Anybody, sinners out there? A couple of you, a few of you? It'll show you your sin. This is so important. God's word reveals my faults, my pride, my lust, my shortcomings, the things that are wrong in my life. It'll speak to me as a husband, it'll speak to you as a wife. I'm going to harp on this a little bit, but you know what? If you knew God's word, like you're supposed to and him being your wonderful counselor your mighty god then the pastors here at church we would have nothing to do almost because we get so many people coming in for counseling my dear brother pastor pat i mean here back in the green room he's texting people scriptures to help them if they knew the word of god themselves they wouldn't need that it's there for it it's for correction it means a reformation it'll bring me back to the right path It'll keep me between the white lines of morality. God's word does this. It's for instruction and in righteousness. It's going to teach me simply what is right. It will counsel me. It'll counsel me. It'll counsel you so we don't have to. It will show you just exactly what God wants in your life and ultimately teach you to walk like Jesus. All right here in what I hold in my hand and what you hold in your hand doctrine reproof correction instruction and in righteousness number five to make me complete thoroughly equipped basically means i'll have all the tools and knowledge that i need to live this life there's nothing worse than you know those that are your carpenters out there or electricians or, or any kind of trade like that when you go to do a job and you don't have the tools you need don't you hate that or maybe you don't have the exact parts you need and you got to keep running back and forth the home depot you got to pick this up back and forth you know what there's nothing worse than that we were in Colombia, and uh, we had we were out there at this island called hierobamba ministry it's only a mile off the shore of of cartagena there uh boca grande and yet we would take these boats and he'd take like 10 people at a time across over there and we'd come back and forth back and forth whatever well on the way back on a wednesday we're coming back and um, you know we're cruising along and every, no, everything's fine and everything. All of a sudden I am in the back and I'm looking at the the boat driving. It's one of those kind of boats where the guy's got the the you know the, the motor like that, we stern like that. Well he's he's trying to <laughs> he's driving like this, but he's taking the gas can and he's trying to tilt it up on his side. I'm looking at it going, oh no, this doesn't look good. This isn't look good. He's tilted, it, tilt and 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 Runs out of gas. Oh no now, of course, we weren't, we weren't going to die, nothing like that. I mean, we could see where we were going. But he ran out of gas. He wasn't equipped for the job that he was supposed to do. He didn't have all the tools. And the word of God is there for us to give us everything we need. And the cool thing is that, you know, we're out there, we're stranded, basically. And the boats are going back and forth. When they see one that's stranded, they know there's a problem. So another boat comes racing up. And this guy didn't even slow down. It's like he came and he turned and he, he actually slammed into our boat. Hands a jar of gasoline to this other guy. A jar. we was only about 300 yards off the shore and he puts the tube in there and kind of like holding it with his mouth. just Fires up and we just make it just to shore, just enough. But God's word, you guys, will make you complete, thoroughly equipped, giving you everything It'll prepare you for this Christian life. It'll prepare you for his service, which is so important. But it also is going to prepare me for heaven. That's what God's word is good for. Now, number three, third main point, what can the word do? Let's turn to Psalm number one. Psalm number one. I like the fact that it is number one. I love this psalm. I love God's word, but I love this psalm psalm of david wonderful psalm one of my favorites in this psalm it's it's a description of the blessedness of the righteous man in contrast with the condition of the unrighteous man psalm one and it speaks really of the benefits of being in the word and what that word can do for my life when i make god's word the focus and foundation of my life this is what my life and my walk will be like Psalm Word, I mean Psalm 1, it explains it. And there's any portion of Scripture that I tried to instill in my sons as they were growing up was Psalm 1. Write in their birthday cards, talk to them about it. Even at my, my youngest son's wedding, I read this psalm um, to him and his wife. And the, not the interesting, but the evidence of this psalm being in his life is so clear now my other two sons, they haven't taken this psalm to heart like this son did. And the evidence is clear, it's, it's obvious. This young son of mine, I mean, he's, he's, he's living this, this blessed life that we're going to talk about. The other sons, not so much. They're still struggling to find uh, that place, that, that thing that, that would keep them on track, being the word of God. And, and it's important for us to, to look at something like this and realize this is truth right here. We follow these instructions here. We do what God's word says. And there is going to be things that happen in your life. That doesn't mean you're going to have a perfect life. doesn't mean you're going to be without trial and such. Absolutely not. Actually the opposite. Because the devil hates the fact that you're in God's word. But your life is going to be measurably different if you're living a life that delights in the law of the Lord. And the psalmist uses a metaphor of a tree by a river. To describe the abundant life of a man who delights himself in God's word. Let's read the psalm. Psalm 1 verse 1. Blessed is the man. Now he starts off with really the, the contrast. Blessed is the man who, this is what the blessed man does not do. Because he's delighting himself in God's word and he knows better. He, he doesn't walk in accounts of the ungodly. The worldly, listening to the lies of the enemy. He doesn't stand in the path of sinners. He's not going to hang out with the ungodly. He ministers to the ungodly, has to live with the ungodly in a sense and where you work and the fact that we're in this world, family members and such. But he they're not buddies. He doesn't hang out with the, the sinners, the ungodly. Nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. And this is the mockers, those who are prideful, those who basically say that, that what you and I believe is foolishness. Ah, uh-huh, verse two though. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates, say with me, day and night. David just set the bar, set the standard. Day and night, he meditates. Anybody close to that? He's a man of the word. He's a man that's in God's word, and he's living a godly life because he's a man of the word. So in this psalm, he goes on to verse three, he shall be, this is what the man who delights himself and of course the woman who delights himself in the word of God, this is what it's gonna be like. He gives six characteristics of this blessed man. Number one, he'll be a strong and stable man. He shall be like a tree. Able to handle the storms of life and all its challenges. And of course the storms of life are discontinuous the challenges are continuous. There's ebbs and flows. There's times when you, you're, you're coming out of a trial. But if you're coming out of a trial, you're usually getting ready to go into a trial. And if you're going into the trial, that means you're in the trial. It's just life. Hard as it sounds, hard as it is, sometimes it's so frustrating. It's like, God, can we just get a break? Even for a day. There are times in <laughs> as just life goes on, I Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll take an hour. I'll take an hour of no problems on the phone, no texts or no issues and whatever. But this man, he's going to be, though he's going to be strong, a strong and stable man, able to handle everything. He's going to be like a tree. Number two, he'll be a secure and solid man. Word goes on to say planted firmly. NASB translation says firmly, I believe it is, or maybe it's the NIV. Planted firmly means there's roots running deep. He's not easily moved by the trials of life because he's rooted in Jesus. He's rooted in the word of God. So a strong and stable man, a secure and solid man. Number three, though, he's a satisfied and spirit-filled man. He says here now, by the rivers of water. Notice the plural there. This speaks of an abundant source of water. The kids up at the camp, the the, the, um, campground they're camping at, it's actually in between two streams of water. Coldwater Canyon River here, I think it is, Coldwater Creek, whatever, and Mammoth Creek right here. I can't, I'm going up two weeks. I'm going to the junior high camp. Missed that on this one here, but uh, I can't wait to get up there. But it speaks of this abundant source, and the waters is always this illusion of the Holy Spirit. See, the, the man who's delighting himself in the Word, he knows the source for his life. It's not the TV it's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not the things in this world, the trappings, it's not money, it's not position pride, it's the word of God. This is the source for his life. This source is pure, and this source is abundant. There's no end to the power and, and the, the um, source of the Holy Spirit, no end. So he's strong and stable, secure and solid, satisfied, spirit-filled. But number four, he's a productive man. That brings forth its fruit in its season, bringing forth its fruit in its season, doing what it's supposed to do. The tree speaks of a man who's not lazy, not slothful, but he's faithful as a steward of God. Bearing much fruit in his life. Is there fruit in your life? Is there fruit of even in your work, in your life, in your family? Is, is there evidence of you um, of being this, this type of man, this productive man, accomplishing much in your life, a productive man? Number five, though, he is a consistent man whose leaf also shall not wither. And this speaks of being evergreen, not up and down spiritually, not one day like Ben today on fire all over the place, the next day, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm a Christian, I hate this, I want to just die, go crawl under a rock. No, he, he's evergreen. He's a faithful man who can be depended on, and, and I, I love evergreen trees. i got three trees in my backyard. i got a, um, a liquid amber, a yellow one, I've got a birch tree, and i got a bunch of podocarpus. Now, if you know anything about trees... The, the liquid amber looks awesome right now, just beautiful green leaves and everything, but what happens to a liquid amber in the winter? It is one ugly-looking tree in winter. It just turns to nothing but twigs and, and limbs. Same thing with the birch tree. It looks cool right now, but in wintertime, it's nothing. Thin little, it's like worth chopping down. But the podocarpus, though, if you know what podocarpus is, that's kind of like what the, the hedge tree is, and it's all in my backyard. I got like this most private backyard. Those things go up like 25 feet, and you can hedge them and such. Always green. I love those trees the best. But that's what this, this is speaking of. It's a consistent man. He's evergreen. He's le- his leaves shall not wither. And then number six, he's a successful man. And whatever he does, whatever he does shall prosper. This speaks of the anointing of the Lord that will be evident upon his life. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to be free from trials. Nope, not even. It doesn't mean that he's going to have this financial success and financial freedom and, oh, my gosh, you know, the prosperity doctrine guys pick up on this right away. Oh, yeah, see? God wants every single one of you guys prosperous, living your best life now. Who says that? See, what it speaks of, though, in a general sense is that one who delights himself in the word of God will be one who makes good, godly decisions, thus positively affecting his life for the better. Before I was a Christian, I'm still making bad decisions, don't get me wrong, because I'm a knucklehead. But for the most part, before I was a Christian, I was making terrible decisions, thinking that drinking alcohol in excess and taking drugs in excess was the right thing to do. Yeah, why is that? Because my friends were doing it. Well, that makes sense, huh? Yes. And they were going off a cliff and they were all dying and such. No, stupid. That's what this talks about. Whatever he does shall prosper, being a successful man. And this is in contrast, though, with the ungodly man, verse 4. The ungodly are not so. They're not delighted in themselves. In the law of the lord and not saying that you're ungodly if you're not reading god's word that's what i'm talking about here but the ungodly not so they're not going to have all these things they're not going to be secure and solid strong stable satisfied spirit-filled productive consistent successful uh-uh what are they going to be like they are like the chaff which the wind drives away the husk of the wheat grain that is thrown in the air and listen to this blown in the wind Useful for nothing. Useful for nothing. Worthless as chaff. And so we see what the Word of God can do in our lives right here if we delight ourselves in it. Meditating in it day and night. Not once a week. Not when you come to church. Not even a couple times a week. Whatever. No, daily. Day and night. Day and night. Day and night. So, what the word can do? Number four, though, main point: Why read the word? Let's turn now to Psalm number one hundred and nineteen. Our last main point. Get you guys out of here maybe a little earlier. Go to Psalm one hundred and nineteen, verse ninety-seven. Let me hear those pages turning. Come on. If you got that nasty cell phone Bible, all right, as long as you're in it. psalm 119 one of the it's such a great psalm longest chapter in the bible 176 verses and all but three speak of the greatness of the word of god seriously you need to take my homework for you guys tonight to go home and read psalm 119 just read it probably take you 15 minutes read it and see every except for three verses it speaks of the benefits and what god's word can do chock full of the greatness of the word of god verse 97 david starts out with and we believe david wrote the psalm oh how i love your law exclamation point it is my meditation all the day wait a minute david started in psalm one day and night now it's all the day he just raised the bar he raised it man and that should be our goal meditating on god's word all day Meaning that, that you're constantly thinking about the Word of God as it applies to your life in a situation, circumstance that you're in. The presence of God, even as Ben was talking today. Oh, how I love your life. Is that how you feel about God and His Word? Oh, I, I love God's Word. Can you say that? I know there are some that are here. And, and praise God, for me, it's just one of those things, just the grace of God that that I truly anticipate, I look forward to tomorrow's time in God's word. I'm serious. It's kind of crazy, but it's like, Lord, what are you going to speak? And I take and and I journal what he's speaking to me, and I got just shelves of journals of of just, and most of it's the same thing, kind of just prayers and this and that, but it's still God speaking to me specifically in, in whatever passage of scripture I'm in. I love God's word. I love when he does that. But he goes on to say, really, what, why read the Word of God? Number one, the Word gives me wisdom. Anybody need wisdom out there? Hello, of course we do. It gives me understanding. It'll keep me from evil. It'll keep me from sin. It'll feed me spiritually. It'll, it'll show me the way I should go. But verse 98, Oh, how I love thy laws, my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. For they are are ever with me, wiser than my enemy, wiser than our enemy, the one who hates us, God's word will expose his lies, his deception, his tricks, his plans, and really ultimately God's word is the only way to keep a step ahead of the devil, because he's got you targeted, steal, kill, and destroy, that's John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus speaking, the thief has come but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and that more abundant. Make me wiser than my enemies. Do you need wisdom? Yes, you do. And he says here, for they are ever with me. God's word is, was always with David in his heart. Now, imagine being a Christian, walking with God, well, not so much a Christian, but walking with God back in the old, these days, they didn't have what you have in their hands. David, They had to hide their word in their heart, as Psalm 119 even says, verse 9 and verse 11. But the interesting thing about it is, yeah, God's word was ever with them, but who else is always with you as well besides the Holy Spirit? The enemy, your enemy. Now, not the specific one and only devil, but his demons. They're in this room here. They're messing with your head right now telling you're hungry, telling me that this, that guy's boring, telling me to shut up, hurry and get this thing. I mean, all these sayings, the enemy is speaking to you. They're, he is always with us as well. But when I have God in his word with me, I can be wiser than him. I can be, I'm not going to be set up by him. I'm not going to get caught off guard. I'm constantly thinking God's word. So the word gives me wisdom. Number one, number two, the word gives me understanding. Verse 99. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. So here David talking about the fact that his teachers, maybe when he was growing up, I have more understanding than my teachers. I have more insight, I have more wisdom than them because my wisdom, my insight came from God's word, not from their secular teachings. Your, med- your testimonies are my meditation, God's word. And I understand more than the ancients, the old men, the men who were, were supposed to be the philosophers, those who were given advice, the wise men. He had more understanding than them because he kept God's word. And I remember years ago, um, one of my nieces was heading off to college, and we had like a little family gathering over at the house to. To you know, pray over her and, and send her off to college and everything. And kind of, you know, what they wanted to do, my sister in law wanted to do, was kind of like, you know, give her some words of encouragement, of course. And so, so I bring my Bible. And, and when it's my turn to kind of share with her, I says, Now, Callie, this is what you've got to do. You're going to go to this school. Great. You've got to get educated. It's all true and everything. But a lot of what you're going to hear from these professors is actually lies. Truth be told. Now, what you got to do is you got to keep a biblical world perspective when you are being instructed in all the things that you're supposed to be going and and listening to and being taught. And you take God's word. I brought. I said you got to hold it over everything that you learn in that school. Everything has to go back to God's word. Now, that's not true. That's not true. Okay, yeah, I understand. I need to know it, but not according to God's word. It's not true because the sad thing as you parents know and we understand is that you you send your kids off to college and and they're you know they've left there they're in you know the youth group whatever and they're on fire for christ to come back mom and dad eh, this bible my professor he really like he's so smart and or she is so smart and and they just really knew what they're talking about and you know this bible thing this god thing and it's it's tragic it's tragic But God's word will give me understanding above those teachers, above those ancients. So it gives me wisdom, gives me understanding. Number three, though, the word keeps me from evil. It keeps me from sin. Verse 100. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me. So in this context here, the word reveals to me the traps the snares of the devil and because i know through his word what pleases god i don't walk in the ways of the ungodly how do i know what pleases god right here pretty clear read god's word god's word is it's not hard to understand it's pretty obvious what he's saying what's right what's wrong what's sin what's good what's righteous what's holy what's unholy what's ungodly but it will keep me from evil keep me from sin i'm not going to go down those paths i know what pleases god and my heart because i love him i want to do what is right i want to do what god wants me to do and when i do what god wants me to do guess what he does he's like that man who delights himself in the law of the lord day and night he's gonna bless your life because you're not doing the wrong things that are going to get you in trouble in the first place and most of our problems most of our problems are caused by who me that I want to blame always on the devil ah, I said devil made me do this the devil caused me to say this Good devil caused me to think that no it's my flesh me because I'm not being obedient to the word of God I'm not feeding myself I'm not keeping myself from sin so it gives me wisdom understanding keeps me feeble number four though word the word feeds me spiritually 103 how sweet are your words to my taste sweeter than honey to my mouth Have you ever thought about god's word being something like that i mean when's the last time you bought and in, bit into a honeycomb oh my gosh that is so good isn't it take that the wax on oh it's so good he's saying the word of god is sweeter than honey to my mouth and through your precepts i get understanding therefore i hate every false way what i speak to my heart is that david's describing being the word as something that is pleasant good and sweet so i see it this way that it that god's word is feeding us spiritually you do realize you have a spirit in you that needs spiritual nourishment that can only come from god's word now we all eat probably at least three times a day right would you ever think of like well you know what i think i'm gonna eat yeah twice this week well, you know, I'm pretty busy, so I'm probably, I'm only going to eat maybe next week, Wednesday, or, oh, I know, I'll eat when I come to church on Sunday morning. You, you follow where I'm going with this? See, you would never think of that. You're going to feed yourself probably tonight when you get home. I am. So if you're going to feed yourself physically all the time, you're taking care of your body, why don't you feed yourself spiritually? Now, just for illustration, imagine if what you've been feeding on spiritually. How would that, how would your your spiritual, you know, body, so to speak, look right now? Would would your spirit be nice and healthy and and vibrant, or is your spirit like a stick man just starving, like barely can move? You're just like that like little stick guy. You see what I'm saying? The word of God feeds me spiritually. It it gives my spirit the strength that it needs to lead me and to guide me. It feeds me my daily bread, this this bread of life. And then fifthly, the word shows me the way that I should go, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love that. Really, it just keeps me from being tripped up. See, I can see where I'm at, lamp to my feet right here, but also I can see where I'm going, a light to my path. It shows me the way to go. Madeline talking about praying and, Lord, show me what I'm supposed to do. Speak to me. Reading God's word and God clearly sharing with her. And, you know, it's so important that, that you look at God's word and realize and understand that's exactly what God's word is supposed to do in our lives this dynamic of of me and you reading god's word with the holy spirit being the one who is teaching me the word of god and speaking to me as i'm reading it god's word itself it's going to show you what to do it's going to show you where to go it's going to show you how to walk probably the most the first time that happened in such a dramatic way in my own life was when i'd first gotten actually not even saved yet i had not get saved till august of 1988 but we started going to church in January 1988, and I had actually, you know, everything was crumbling in my life due to the drugs and the alcohol that were in my life and everything, so me and my wife, we make it to the church we got married at seven years before that, and, and I, you know what, I'm on the wagon. Anybody ever been on the wagon? I, I went on the wagon, I don't know how many times. On the wagon, off the wagon, on the wagon, off the wagon, just back to drinking. Couldn't, couldn't give it up. Couldn't stop on my own, but things were collapsing around so bad, I, something had to happen. So, we're going to church. I made it actually, New Year's Eve was a disaster of 1987. I made it through Super Bowl without drinking. Super Bowl without drinking for me was a miracle because it was just a big party. Amen? You guys been there? So anyhow, I make it through all that. And then, and then as time goes by, though, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a, no drinking, no drinking, no drinking. There. Well, the temptations begin to come, of course. And the temptations of the phone calls, the buddies. Hey, man, where you been? What's going on? Hey, Bob, blah party, everybody's in it. Hang up the phone. Try to tell them I'm going to church. Oh, I, I'm, I'm go, going to church. What? What's, hanging up on me because they thought I was crazy. Anyhow, so we had this, this um, precious moments Bible that my sister had given to me. That was our, our Bible. And so we would take it with us to church and everything. And we didn't know what it was. Okay, what is this thing? So one, one day, I'm actually leafing through this precious moments Bible and just looking through you know, it's kind of what is all this stuff. In the back, there was this, this part in the back that just said basically what to do when, and it was an alphabetical list of things that we go through, what to do when angry, what to do when sad, what to do when depressed, what to do when this and that. And I just looked at this and it said, what to do when you're being tempted? And I was being tempted to going back to drinking. So okay, tempted? Okay. It said right next to it, here was a scripture reference for me to go to. And it was Philippians 4.13. Now, I know many of you have that memorized, but that was the first scripture that I memorized. I turned to Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And it became like, for me, like a mantra. It was like, I'm being tempted to drink. No, I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. And it would just, obviously, it was, it was memorized almost instantly and honest to God, it was what gave me the strength, God speaking to me through his word to keep from going through the temptation of drinking again to the place where I finally got to say, I'm not even being tempted anymore. It's just, it was gone. It wasn't the desire whatsoever to go back 31 years ago. Praise God for that, amen? But God's word speaking to me. And then another time, um, that was super impactful in my life was when I was praying about whether to come on staff as a pastor. And so here it is. It's 1992. We're over at the old church over there. Anybody at the old church? Any old timers out there? Gosh, such a turnaround in people in this church. But the old church, the old church. Where's the old church? There's an old church? Yeah, was over there where Mission Ebenezer is now. Anyhow, I was there in 1992. And and I was, I was praying about whether to come on staff. Pastor David approached me and, and hey, you know, I think you're supposed to come on staff, be my an administrator. Like, yeah, right, you're crazy, no way in the world. But anyhow, praying, praying, praying. And I was, I was actually in, in this, this idea of, okay, I'm praying about this. And as I'm praying about this, this went on for a year and a half. But I'm reading God's word, waiting for, and, and you know, we were encouraged. If you're going to make this kind of a decision, you need to hear a word from God to make sure you're doing the right thing because the ministry is not the place to be if you're not supposed to be here it's tough enough when you know you're called to be in it but if you're not called to be in it it'll just chew you up and spit you out and throw you out in the street so anyhow i'm praying i'm praying i'm thinking about it, i'm just praying whatever well it was an amazing thing that i wrote it down in my bible it was a monday night november 30th 1992 about 10 o'clock at night 10 30 i'm just kind of reading through And the Bible, I'm just reading through like I normally did. And then over in Ephesians chapter 5, amazing thing. I'm just reading through this passage, Ephesians chapter 5. And I come to verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, for me, That Bible verse just glowed. It was just like, and I knew, I knew instantly. Now, I had been praying for over a year now, and yet I knew instantly, oh my gosh, that was it. That was it. Told my wife, called Pastor Steve the next day, I'm there, I'm there. And then it was March 29th, 1993, my first day on staff here, 26 years ago. All because, folks, all because I was in the word of God. And so important, so important for us to realize that in doing this, in knowing what God wanted me to do, clearly spoke to me. Had I not been reading God's word, would I have heard the call? Or could I have missed out on, on 26 years of being involved in really what, what those of us that are on staff as pastors and such, you realize that um, it's such a privilege, such an amazing um, plan that God would have to to call somebody out of darkness, like the Apostle Paul, into light to be used by Him. Had I not been reading Word, could I have missed that out? Could I have missed out on this? Had I not been going through the Bible looking for that Scripture to temptate, would I have given up and quit drinking, or would I have gone back and walked away from Christianity? See, when God speaks, you guys, and you know it is Him, it makes God all the more real. You know what I'm talking about, those you. To understand what i'm talking about and because you know that he knows your life by how he speaks into your life a specific word that pertains to your life it's like man god this is so amazing god your word is amazing that's why i believe that david could say oh how i love your law it is my meditation all the day and i can't stress enough guys and ladies the importance of being in god's word that continual constant consistent intake that you need to pray about this. And this needs to be something that you need to make a life change. And that reading God's word isn't just something that's happenstance. When you get a chance, you know, I'm, I'm stuck at a light. You know, I got a few minutes here. Or when I come to church and I hear the pastor. Because like I said, you'll be fed coming to church. Don't get me wrong. But you need yourself to learn how to feed yourself. And I've said this before and I say this with all sincerity and I'm not saying this is, should be a practice. But you know what? I could quit coming to church for the rest of my life. I don't need church. I need God's word daily. And if I stay in God's word daily and, and never step foot into a church again, I'm, my, my walk is because of what I'm doing with God in his word on a daily basis. When I come to church, when Pastor Jeff teaches or someone teaches, that instruction, that, that, that word that comes forth adds to the foundation that is already there, that's already been built. And it, and it confirms things and, it, and it, just, it's, it just keeps building upon that which is already there. But I could come to church seven days a week but close up my Bible and never open it again in a personal time of devotion with the Lord and I guarantee I'd be carnal and, and stumble. Anybody been involved in this church, like I said, 26 years and every single person person on staff that has ever stumbled fallen messed up sitting up in my office okay what happened all right how is your devotions to a person the confession comes you know what I just I started getting out of the word I just I got busy I didn't have time and you know, I got a little bored with it. You know, I was reading Leviticus, maybe, or whatever. I, you know, every single one of them, to a person, the devotional life went first. And then their Christian walk came up behind that. And the evidence, the devil, devil ripped them off. devil spoke lies to them, tripped them up, stumbled them, tempted them, and they fell into sin. So important, you guys. I'm going to close with this hymn here from this guy named John Fawcett, written in 1782. How precious is the book divine by inspiration given. Bright as a lamp, its doctrines shine to guide our souls to heaven. It sweetly cheers our drooping hearts in this dark veil of tears. Life, light, and joy it still imparts and quells our rising fears. This lamp, through all the tedious night of life, shall guide our way Till we behold the clearer light of that eternal day. Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy word was found, and I did eat, and it became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. So, again, tonight, there are no excuses. No condemnation, but no excuses. You, as a woman, as a man, claiming to be a Christian, you need to be in God's word in light of what this world is throwing at you, in light of all that is happening, on a consistent daily basis, and make that your priority. And watch God do amazing things in your life, changing your life. You'll you'll be, I mean, like Psalm 1 says, what's gonna happen in your life? What will happen in your marriage? What will happen at work? In your relationship with kids and, and family and friends and such? As you you read God's word, and of course, you got to obey God's word. That's a whole other Bible study there. So why God's word? It's profitable, valuable to instruct and teach. What's it good for? To equip you for life. What can it do? It can make you a strong Christian man or woman, enduring to the end. And you read it for what it will do in your life. And my heart for you tonight again is do not delay. Men study every man every day. Every man, every day. That's our goal. So start tomorrow. Start tonight. And you're probably saying, well, how do you, what is this? Oh, devotion, whatever. The pastors that can come forward. You can talk with them about that. But you can pick up even this, this thing we call daily bread. This is how I first started doing devotions right here. Daily bread. Hmm. Pick this thing up. You open it up to the date that it is. The little information there. It's got a scripture for you to read. Little little whatever. And and yet, it started this pattern of daily devotions of god speaking and i know many of you guys use that we have the daily reading program or plan you can download on the church website and that's what i do i read through the bible every year with the the reading program that i keep right here in my bible tells me what i'm supposed to read some people like that some people don't it's whatever you feel god wants you to do but the the key is what daily read god's word Feed yourself spiritually and see what God would do—amazing things. Amen. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God. Thank you for those that are here tonight that know exactly what I'm talking about, um, Lord, and have have grasped this principle of manna for today, daily bread, and for all those that are here that are that are maybe new in this Christianity or maybe have have been there and now they've kind of fallen away lord i pray that every person in this room would just be encouraged by you holy spirit to open up your word that you would speak to them the riches the truth the beauty the majesty that they would get to know you more and more and more and they would be so equipped to to fight the fight to continue this battle to be able to instruct others and lead others to christ They'd be nourished. They'd be comforted in, in their despair and their afflictions and their trials. God, you would bring a word because, Lord, you are our shepherd and we shall not want. You make us to lie down in green pastures. You lead us beside the still waters, Lord. You restore our souls. You guide us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we're going to fear no evil because you, Lord, are with us. And, Lord, your word speaks volumes to that so bless lord this church bless this congregation and though we're praying for every person who attends this church every person every day in your word lord strengthened and equipped so bless we pray be with the kids be with pastor jeff and all those up at the youth camp bless them tonight lord help them to sleep and wake up to a glorious day tomorrow we praise you we thank you in jesus name amen